Dr. Dennehy, favorite drink of those bears, hawks, socks, bulls. Say goodbye a little longer like I ate a piece of big red. And a lovely week it is here at the stay-at-home fans. I'm still alive, didn't die on the trails, and I'm here with Evan. Hello, stay-at-home fans listeners. Good to be here, back in Colorado. Oh, and we're covering the entire coast-to-coast here, too, because we got Dane in Florida. What's up, Dane? What's happening, homies? Not a whole lot, but... uh. Well, I should I shouldn't say that. There actually is a whole lot going on. There's a ton of stuff that happened in sports. In case uh, you were paying attention this weekend, we're gonna go over why you should lock your damn car. We're gonna talk about baseball to the balls. Uh, we're gonna talk some puck. Dang it, a dang it, a dang. And then we'll wrap things up with a little gentleman's talk. But Dane, hear something happened with your movers today or something? Gentlemen, yeah. So. Um Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying, like, these guys were super nice, really, really cool, but it was just a very, very unique situation that I feel like a lot of people have not experienced. So I am, you know, so I hired some movers down here. Evan, shout out to you for recommending that because movers are the tits, by the way. Um, It'll change your life. They are phenomenal. Um, Anyway, so, so yeah. so I love getting people to, you know do things that I normally could do, but just don't want to. Yeah. I will, you know, like I, clean up after me. Yeah. I can't wait until I'm really old and people can wipe my ass for me. I know, right? I was, I was thinking, you know, like, okay, maybe I could probably do it by myself, but, you know, I don't really know anybody down here, and the only people that I kind of do know are had to work throughout the day, so um, I just thought it was better to get movers. But so, like, I ended up calling the company yesterday, um, for the movers that are coming by. And they said, oh, yeah, we have two people coming out your way. So um, I texted them today, and they're like, oh, yeah, hey, we're coming our way. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're we're mutes, and we are so that they don't talk. And How did they tell you th- this? Uh-huh. Oh, they texting, I guess. They texted me. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're mutes, and we don't talk. So basically, like, whenever we show up, you know, um, just point us to the door. So I was literally doing like sign language the whole day because, like, you know, I could, I, I was trying to talk to them, whatever. And they were, you know, I don't know if they were like seem kind of offended when you're trying to talk to them or whatever, but they just like kept pointing to their phone and being like text these? or, you know, like point where you're going and stuff like that. So, you know, with movers, like they're hauling stuff in and out. And I'm, like, literally following them each time to go for each, you know, haul that they're doing to just show them, like, this is where it needs to go. This is where it needs to go. And they would just, like, nod their heads. You know, they they seemed really, really nice. It was just they were doing sign language and stuff. So I don't know if they were, like, talking shit a couple times. But, like, <laughs> had it, to be. Was, it was just a very interesting situation. Dude, it's just like another millennial interaction. You should have just been texting with them the entire time from the same room. Uh, yeah, I know. I probably should have, but I, I mean, it was like... You're an old soul, Dane. I mean, hell, shout out to them. You know, Island Movers, they're fantastic. Uh, text out to them. Text they, out to them. They're <laughs> yeah, mute. Text, yeah, text out to them. <laughs> but they just, they didn't know how to talk. And like, I was kind of off guard when, you know, they texted me earlier today. Like, oh yeah, by the way, we're a couple mutes and uh, we can't talk. And there was a couple Are they times, mutes you know, by they, choice? Or is this yeah, like 
Like they're no. voxes from the Hunger Games that have had their tongues cut out. No. <laughs> it could have been something like that, but there was a few times, you know, where they you know, they tried to they tried to talk and you could tell that it their their vocal cords weren't okay. fully there. Yeah. Or yeah. something. I don't know what it was, but Did um, you know this when you hired them? Say that again? Did you know that they were mutes when you hired them? No. I had no idea. <laughs> and all the all the reviews or whatever of this company, not one person says that they're mute. So Is it possible they were just fucking with you? I don't think so because when I when I contacted the guy at U-Haul, um the guy at U-Haul, the guy who like runs all the containers and stuff out of, you know, the Jacksonville area, he was like, "Yeah, I work with these all the time, by the way, like they're mute." So I actually found out from him yesterday. And then oh, okay. they said, you, there's a very good chance you could get a couple mute workers. And so I thought, oh, okay, like, you know, it's not a big deal. But, I mean, they were super nice. It was just it was just odd, you know? So not, I need to call out one thing, though. You said that they were super nice and cool at the beginning. How mm-hmm. did you know that they were cool? Were they, like, texting you wild things? Like, oh, man, like, I have a terrible hangover right now because I just smashed... 120 ounces of beer while running on a fucking trail in the middle of North Carolina <laughs> this past weekend. Or no, they were. I mean, you know, they were just be. They were just like smiling, giving you know thumbs up, and you know, make it. That when I when I showed them my Bears and Blackhawks table, they pointed to it, and did like thumb down, and like did sad face and stuff, and like uh, you they know, were chiding they were sa- you silently. <laughs> yeah, they were giving me shit. You got silent burned. Kind of, yeah, silent, silent shit talkers. Burned. Yeah, so it was. You know, they, I mean, they were cool. They were. Sp- yeah, they were obviously like good at their job. It was just, it was just different, man. I I don't think I've ever experienced anything. I know I've never experienced anything like that, and it was just a unique situation. Like I told you guys, so I wish they would have blown their cover. You hand them like a cash tip. They're like, thanks, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> I know that would have been kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, good. Did they get this stuff in the right place? Yeah, yeah. All right. Did you have to so, like draw a diagram? Yeah, that's what I would have done. No, I, no, I, no, I didn't have to, but I just had to. I, there was a lot of pointing going on, and not much. <laughs> and it was, you know, you know, because like most people that you that you're around, like they can talk, so you're having conversation with them, or whatever. And these guys, you know, like I just tried to not talk because I didn't know, I, I didn't know. I mean, obviously they weren't like mad or anything, but I was. I don't know. It was it was just a weird situation, but. Good movers. So all my all my stuff's finally in. Um, my place is finally starting to look like somebody lives here, which is good. So it's good. So yeah, how was your guys' weekend? My weekend was tedious, grueling, disorienting when it was dark out, at least. Uh, Stupid. Yeah. So you were in North Carolina. Yeah. Doing a 24-hour relay race. Correct. That started at 7 p.m. Friday night. That is a fact. If my math is correct, that means it would have ended 7 p.m. Saturday night. Just somewhere in there, yeah. Okay. Um, How did it go? What legs did you take besides the ones attached to your body? <laughs> oh, man. So we were originally supposed to be a nine-person team. And then... I fly into North Carolina. My buddy Joe, shout out to Joe Dvorak out there who lives uh, 
from the Charlotte area who housed me and his awesome girlfriend, Taylor, who was our other team member. Um, shout out to you guys. But get there and Joe's like, so you won't believe this. Our nine-person team's down to four, maybe. Like, <laughs> like five people bailed. And then we get Eek. to the race and find out that Joe's other buddy, who was supposed to be running the race with us, never even registered, even even though he gave him the lip service that he was going to. So when we thought we were going to be a nine-person team, it dwindled down to a three-person team. So it just became an absolute joke. We're like, well, why don't we just uh, drink as much beer and run as much as we can? A three-person team? Yeah. Wow. How long was the whole race? As long as you can, uh, 24 hours, as many miles, as many trails as you can run within the 24 hours. Now, it was, oh. a, it was a pretty cool setup. There were seven different trails that you could run. And rather than the winners being predicated on who runs the furthest, all of the trails have a different weighted point value based on difficulty. So... There's a trail that's, you know, six and a half miles long that has a ton of elevation change. That's an eight-point trail. Or you could just run the loop around the thing that was one mile and get a half point each time. What was crazy to me, though, is that there were some self-loathing assholes there that signed up as individuals. One dude ran 84 miles himself. Wow nerd he ran more than our three-person team did by like (laughs) over 20 miles over 30 miles (laughs) that's hilarious that's insane yeah just no sleep straight through too i don't know i can't imagine there was much sleep in there watch he's a fucking prick and got like 12 hours of sleep. I don't know. Either way, did just about 20 miles myself. Proud of that, considering the most I had run before that was maybe five miles. Dude, that's crazy. That's like um, that lady, Courtney DeWalter, who won the 238-mile race. I forget what it's called. Um, The the Moab Ultra race. Yeah. One, the 238, it's a 238 mile foot race. She slept for like one minute on the whole thing and then said it was one of the best sleeps of her life, got back up and just kept trucking. She beat the second place person was like 30 was like hours, miles right? behind her. Yeah. God. Moab in the middle of yeah. the desert. Like there ain't no water out there. Like no at thanks. least we were, at least we were at the u.s like national whitewater center so worse comes to worse and you get thirsty just jump on in <laughs> or if you want to drown your misery thirsty, so what yeah. was it how many miles did you guys run total we ran like 50 50 something 50 still pretty damn impressive yeah for three people who drank all of the beer allotted to us and more I was really proud of us. I think we drank the most beer of any team. Good How are the leggies feeling the next won day? Some battle. Uh, the legs were surprisingly good. They were in uh, 
I mean, my hamstrings were a little tight. My quads were a little sore. Like some weird muscles on the side that I don't know the names of because, you know, trail running. But it was great until I had to sit on a flight, crammed <laughs> in a seat, knowing that there were eight open exit row seats directly in front of me. But the the see you next Tuesday E flight attendant wouldn't let me sit in one of them to stretch my legs out and made tried to make me feel like an asshole for wanting to stretch my legs out just a little bit more. So shame on me. What but a bitch. That fucking bitch. That fucking bitch. <laughs> that fucking bitch. Well, nice, dude. That's cool. That sounds like a weekend, I guess. Did you get some cool swag? Uh, I have this uh, T-shirt that has like a teal scribble on the front and then a series of circles on the back and a medal that is just a series of circles like the one on the back. It's funny that that's their logo because I was thinking when you were describing it that it's kind of like the top golf of races (laughs) as far as like choosing your easier target for less points. Yeah, that's actually exactly what it was. It was the top golf of running. I know hmm. one of those two things sounds a lot more fun to me than the other. Definitely. I'm with Evan on this one. <laughs> Drinking and running. Drinking uh, and running. Exactly what I was awesome. thinking. Well, should we uh, cue our listeners into what we're actually going to be talking about today? Yeah, so let's get yep. into it. First of all, I'd like to congratulate ourselves. Congratulations, Stay at Home Fans Podcast. This is our 20th episode. Yippee. That's nice. It's a nice milestone to hit. Happy 20th, fellas. Happy 20th. Absolutely. Our podcast is almost old enough to drink. Bingo. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you go Bingo. by, if each episode was a year. But it's been getting wasted for like the last five. That's a good point. It started, it was like one of those like freshman year of high school drinkers. Started smoking weed like six episodes ago, yeah. and long before the prefrontal cortex was developed, it's finally starting to get out of the sweatpants phase. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well. Let's let's get into it. Um, all right, we were t- we've been talking about the draft a lot lately. We were pretty stoked on the Bears' first pick. First bullet point we got for you guys. I mean. Boutique on wheels, the former UGA offensive linebacker Roquan Smith's car gets broken into and a laundry list of memorabilia has been stolen. Out of his car, three University of Georgia jerseys worn uh, both in the Rose Bowl and National Championship, stolen. His UGA helmet, his UGA Athlete of the Year trophy, Michael Kors and Kiobi watches, Nike shoes, Bose headphones and a Bluetooth speaker, and the Chicago Bears' brand-new team-issued iPad, all stolen out of his shop on wheels. And next week, he'll be having another blowout sale. Make sure to follow along on his Escalade. I have no idea what kind of car he drives, but you'd think he would have a lock button. Yeah. Uh, How long was he in Chicago for this, or was he even in Chicago for this? This was in Athens, Georgia, I think. Why the hell did he have all that shit in his car? Is he, like, getting ready to drive to Chicago or something, or what? Maybe he was on his way to some sort of eBay auction. (laughs) That's Dude, I'll say, all that stuff is pretty valuable. Like, why the hell does he have all this stuff in his car? Why didn't he have that in his apartment or in his house or wherever the hell he was? Well, 
maybe he hasn't agreed to a contract yet with the Bears, and so he's not making any money, and so he has to live out of his car, because it certainly sounds like he's living out of his car. He's lucky somebody didn't steal his mattress. Yeah, dude, he's got more stuff in his car than than I do in my apartment right now. Did the car get stolen? No. Well, the car must have been a real piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, the car was the least valuable thing. Yeah. It was probably like a 92 Accord or something like that with 200,000 miles. And like, eh, screw it. We'll just get stuff inside. It's more valuable. But if it's a 92 Accord with 200,000 miles, it's good for another 200,000 miles. No, this thing had yeah, to no? be like a geo tracker. Something. I yeah. wonder, like, if it was just openly visible from the outside of the car. I mean, every once in a while, like, if I can't get down to my storage unit fast enough, I'll have my golf clubs in the back, in the trunk of my car. And every time I do, I'll throw a blanket over them just to make sure nobody can peek in and see what's underneath. And I don't even have that nice of golf clubs. That's a good point. Hey, what are all those noises you just made? That was me. That was me. Just that was me mumbling. <laughs> that was mumbling. Oh yeah. That was the that was weirdest me. mumbling I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, that was me. Just uh, kind of, you know. <laughs> hey, kind of Dana, did you did those mute movers move a monkey into your new apartment? Uh, they might have, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know that that noise just came out of me. I'm sorry, fellas. I didn't mean to disturb. Didn't mean, didn't mean to disrupt the flow. <laughs> it needed to be dissected. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like even I'm pretty conscious about, uh, you know, I don't want shit stolen out of my car, and I live in a pretty nice neighborhood. It was funny when I lived in San Francisco, living in a pretty nice neighborhood. Uh, Pacific Heights up there at Broadway and Fillmore. What's up, old roomies? Uh, I would purposely leave my car unlocked because there were, in in San Francisco, there were a ton of car thefts where people would take a spark plug or something like that and smash in a window. And I didn't want them to smash in my window only to open up my glove box and find out there's nothing but papers in there. And then they go into my trunk and find, you know, diapers or whatever the fuck I was selling back then. Uh, I would visibly leave the car unlocked. I think probably once or twice I left all the windows down too, just to be like, you know, come on in. Go ahead. Help yourself. It's a company car. I don't care (laughs) if you actually steal it. Give me the day off of work. Yeah. Um, I have, the only time I've ever really left my car unlocked is back in Iowa in my neighborhood when I, there was no crime. So but I yeah, that's because it's <laughs> Iowa yeah. where everyone's uh, nice. Other than that, my car is locked all the time. I don't really keep anything in my car, to be honest no, with you. No, generally I don't either. My car got broken into last year when I was living at my other apartment. And, uh, was that during the period of time where you hadn't moved your car for like yes. six months? Yes, it was. <laughs> Um, but I also lost the like electronic unlocker from my car. So every time I want to lock my car and then get back into it, I have to set off the car alarm. So I'll just leave it unlocked <laughs> for a while. Oh yeah. And they stole like 63 cents worth of, worth of change in the cup holder and my auxiliary cord. Girl, the auxiliary cord. Oh, that's the worst. Those bastards. I know, but then I had to, you know, couldn't listen to my music for the next. You had to figure out week. how to use the goddamn Bluetooth in your car, which is always impossible to figure out. 
Yeah, I wish I had Bluetooth in my car. Let's be real here. Podcast is making that much money. Not yet. But Not we're yet. open for sponsorships, everyone. So feel free to reach out to us at info at stayathomefans.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Just go to stayathomefans.com. It'll prompt you to or scroll all the way down. And make sure to give us a little follow on social media and direct message us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you please. Bingo. Absolutely. He it's the easiest way to get better. in touch with us. Um, exactly. But yeah, that shit sucks. Or if you want to do a roundabout way, a really creative way to show that you listen to this, break into Evan's car and leave a note yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Be a nice find. Um, all right, guys, let's move into baseball here. Um, still early in the season. Not a ton of crazy things going on. Unfortunately, Yadier Molina has to undergo surgery after taking a 102-mile-per-hour fastball right to the old dick and balls. He's expected to miss up to one month of play. Ooh. Ouch. That was rough. Yeah, that would, that, would, <laughs> that would feel too good. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. We have Yadier Molina calling him. Yadier, how are you feeling now? All right. Thank you, my dear. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to give us a call. Love the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, that's very good. Um, that's, yeah, I don't that's know, unfortunate. man. That just slid right underneath the catcher's mitt. Hit him. Couldn't have hit him more square on. I mean, he was wearing a cup though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta be still 120, I mean, 102 they, mile an hour fastball. Like that cup ain't doing all that much, man. Yeah, no, if, 100%. If, he, if he wasn't wearing a cup, he'd be up at the pearly gates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have exploded. Yeah, he, yeah, he would have popped something for yeah, sure. Imagine, imagine seeing the replay of that. Then you just see his plums burst. Oh, no, thanks. Oh, man, it would have been terrible. like it would have been like when Gallagher used to break all those watermelons on stage. <laughs> the metal comedian. Yeah. Only much smaller yeah. scale. True. Much smaller. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's that seems that's like one of my worst fears right there. That's why I don't play baseball. I yeah. got uh, just in sparring and in, in uh Muay Thai sparring, uh every once in a while I would not wear a cup and like we were going thirty percent maybe one time and I went to throw a switch or uh switch cross, which basically I just switched my stance right when the other guy was throwing a low kick at my lead leg and so as i switched stances that took away my lead leg and the guy's foot just swept just swept just gave him a little kiss right across my balls instantly Ooh. fell down <laughs> immediately Ooh. rolling on the ground you know and that was nothing it was basically a sack tap yeah you missed your your lead <laughs> knee and got your other <laughs> knee your, your, your it doesn't weenie. take much to doesn't take much to hit the ground with those type of hits no, that was probably Not coming at in at three miles per hour would be my guess. Ugh, that's a pretty that's damn painful. slow kick. <laughs> okay, maybe a little faster, but still, 102 miles an hour, that is brutal. Oh, yeah. With a with just a solid hard ball? No, thank you. Ugh. I mean, I I've been hitting the balls that. a number of times before, whether it be a hockey puck, a baseball, I don't know, you name it. And I can't yeah. help but think, like, man, even when you get hit in the nuts with a fucking cup on, 
it still makes you feel like you're going to be singing soprano for the rest of your life. You're going to be sounding like Evan Smith behind the mic. Singing, that is, singing. He has a beautiful singing voice. Please reach out and ask for evidence of him singing. Uh, No, but is it time that they redesign the cup? Like, you know, make the bulge look a little bigger and, and actually keep the plums from getting juiced? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily like, I mean, I'm sure it would help, but that, think about how uncomfortable that would be, though. Would it be that For uncomfortable? How? I mean, if you just gave it a little more, uh, just straight out, you know? Possibly, yeah. Some guys in uh, MMA wear this thing called a, a tie steel cup, which is exactly how it sounds. And it literally, like, if you kick a guy straight in the nuts, it'll hurt your foot more than it'll hurt their nuts. So I wonder if something like that. I help. I don't know, but I don't think it's the most comfortable thing in the world. I think uh, we should send Yadier Molina <laughs> the skew of whatever that is. Be like, hey man, we're thinking about you here at the Stay at Home Fans with our Draw logo on the front. Yeah, that's new it. swag. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, our first our first swag will be a nut cup with the Stay at Home Fans logo on there. <laughs> Well, we wish Yadier a uh, fast and speedy and full recovery. Hopefully, he gets to keep both of them. Yeah, fingers know. crossed. Hopefully, hopefully, he already has kids. I don't know what the surgery was. Maybe they just cut him off. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't like that. In other baseball news, Ichiro Suzuki, 44-year-old, is uh, has been offered a position in the front office. Um, everything I've been reading says it sounds like he's not quite retiring yet. Man, but we'll I'm not see. sure. I don't know. Can you do both jobs? Seems like you would have a uh, conflict of interest there. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he goes to the front office and then trades away his outfield <laughs> competition on the team that he's on so that he yeah. has to get more playing time. Uh, yeah, I saw this the other day, and it's hard to believe that he's been in the league for as long as he has. He came into the league in 2001. 27 seasons, including his time playing in Japan. Yeah, that is nuts. He's 44 years old. Uh, you know, he's had a fantastic career. Had over 10 or had over 200 hits for like 10 straight years. Uh, set the record for most hits in a season with 260 something. I don't exactly remember the statistic, but 262 uh, I'm looking at right now. 262. And the dude mm-hmm. for such a little looking scrawny kind of guy had an absolute hose oh my god the dude could peg so many people out from the outfield uh it was unbelievable to watch just you know he'd get all those cheap little hits where he's halfway down the first baseline by the time his bat touches the ball basically swinging bunting it to the to the left hand side and yeah beating out balls but Man. That Japanese style swing, man, it's very kind of like you step into the ball, and he definitely, you know, he definitely made that pretty damn famous. And yeah, he was a hell of a player. Uh, uh, baseball's not my field, you guys know this, but I remember watching him a couple times. And um, yeah, it's crazy that he's 44 and been in the league for so long and been playing for, what, 20 plus years for yeah. professional baseball? That's nuts. I remember I was super into baseball cards uh, when I was in elementary school. And I remember me and my buddy Miles, 
um, used to take the train down to Arlington Heights and go to A&G Baseball Card Shop, which uh, has not been in business for quite some time. But <laughs> since the two customers moved. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. But I remember like his rookie year when he came out and he was crushing it. Like those like piece of his bat baseball cards or piece of his jersey baseball cards or whatever were the most expensive you could buy at the time. Um, oh, so yeah. it's just crazy to think that like he's still been in the league. I mean, I've been through middle school, high school, college two careers since then and he's still just been doing the damn thing that's a long time to be doing the same thing oh yeah you have to really like what you do to do that for that long well it's not like he wasn't making any money i was gonna say i'm sure the money helped quite a bit yeah actually i'd probably do the same thing for pretty long if i was getting paid millions dude baseball is the sport to go to make the most money and do like the least amount of, you know, actual cardio and, like, shit yeah. like that, I feel like. You just sit on your ass and hang out with your homies and then get up and swing a bat. If you strike out, it doesn't matter. You, know, you only yeah, need to you be good at what you do one-third of the time, and yeah. then you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. I'm um, looking up his net worth right now. Well, congratulations, Ichiro, on a long career. Um yeah, I don't know. It's kind of mixed reviews. He seems to think he's not 100% done playing. Uh, looks like people in the front office are phasing him out. So. Uh, but yeah. good on you for a long career. Cheers, man. He's worth, a, he's worth $180 right. million nowadays. Goddamn. Can't be mad at that. Uh, let's cruise over to the me. hockey rink. Talk a little puck with Chuck. Uh, we had two series finished yesterday. Um Tampa Bay tightens the bolts in their series with the Bruins. They close it out four to one after losing the opening game seven to zero, able to finish the series and sweep the rest of the games. Yeah, Tampa is playing a perfect brand of hockey for this time of year. They are They're very good. So tight defensively. I don't know if you guys watched the end of that game. Boston could barely even get the puck into Tampa's zone. They couldn't get the puck yeah. across the blue line. They had a power play, and Tampa was the one that had a couple scoring opportunities on it. Uh, it they are playing such a tight checking hockey, brand of hockey, where they are getting opportunistic scoring and good goaltender play. Vasilevsky looks fantastic. They are sort of reminding me of the Blackhawks back in their heyday, which was only a few years ago, but... You know, you got guys like Stamkos and uh, Kucherov, and Kucherov that uh, are fantastic skill players, but you can keep them out on the ice in pretty much all situations. You got a, some good stay-at-home defense with uh, Hedman and the likes of that, and you know you got a young goaltender who can really play. He's like a, I don't know, they're kind of like the 2013 Blackhawks with Crawford up and coming, and some guys who have been on the scene and. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't be surprised if they make it to uh, make it to the cup because at least the cup finals because of the way that they are have really tightened down their defense. They lost the first game of that series seven to nothing, and then just cruised to a four to one series win. Yeah, they made it look pretty easy after that first game for sure. They, yeah, they're they're definitely in sync right now. You can tell they have a lot of they have a lot of flow. They have a lot of you know Stamkos is one of the best players in the league. He's playing pretty well. He doesn't have very many goals, but 
you know, he was, he was playing well, quietly at least. Um, and, yeah, their goaltender is playing really well. Yeah, like you said, their defense is what's kind of impressed me so far, uh, especially with, like, Boston, who was on fire coming into the playoffs. And um, that first round, you know, they, they were pretty much lighting it up, and then all of a sudden, like, they ran into Tampa, and they, there was nothing they could do. Tampa looked great. Yeah, I mean, from the little that I saw, like, not only did they, you know, just have better finesse all across the ice and seem to have just be playing better fundamentally, they seem to be the tougher team, which I feel like doesn't happen often against Boston. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. certainly doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see a guy like Backus getting knocked out of game five, Backus ain't no soft cookie, man. He is a, He's made a living for himself in the NHL as being a pretty tough kind of, you know, just gritty player to play against and you know he took one in that in that game five and didn't see the ice again uh now granted he has had some concussion issues in the past so you know hopefully there's there's nothing going on there i haven't seen any follow-ups from that but yeah tampa looks fantastic uh vegas they've moved on so uh they are off to the best 10 game playoff start of any franchise ever uh, they're eight and two in their brief history in the playoffs, and uh, really sh- showing no signs of stopping. They had an opportunity to uh, take out the Sharks yesterday, and did so decisively. Three nothing win. They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. They look good too. They're 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 flowing as well. I think those both those teams are looking pretty. Obviously, you know they're close out their series, so they're doing pretty good, but. Um, yeah, I, I really like – I know we kind of talked about this a little bit ago, and I think Vegas looks like kind of the team to beat maybe. Um, at least I hope so between the Winnipeg, you know. Winnipeg and Nashville are good, but I don't know. I still like the West, I still like the Vegas coming out of the West for some I reason. Am, I am so interested to see how they stack up against the winner of Nashville and Winnipeg. Me too. this Nashville-Winnipeg series is a freaking series. Oh, yeah. And – it's exciting. You know, right as Winnipeg starts looking like the best team ever, Nashville comes back and, and has a nice decisive win. And then next mm-hmm. thing you know, Winnipeg comes back and enforces their dominance again. And they've got game six tonight. Um, really interested to see what happens there. We also got the defending, the two-time defending cup champions trying to stay alive tonight against Washington. Yep, they're on the ropes. What's the um, uh, what's the verdict? You think we're gonna have a couple game sevens? I don't know. Part of me really, really wants Washington to just ice it right here and right now. You know what? I f- I feel like if this goes to game seven, Pittsburgh's gonna find a way to win. Yeah. And you know, it just too much doubt will creep into Washington's head. They'll be like. Not again, not again, not again, not again. And anytime you're thinking not again, it always happens again. Oh, yeah. As we're watching now, they just uh, were not able to capitalize on a power play here. No pun intended. Nice. Good point. Didn't even. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So unintended of a pun, <laughs> I didn't even realize what I was saying. <laughs> um, I think TJ Oshie hit the bar here, though. Bummer. Yeah, I got a feeling that I got a feeling that Pittsburgh is going to win, and I think Winnipeg is going to win. I think that Pittsburgh is going to force Game Seven. I think Winnipeg is going to close out the series tonight. Um, and then 
Vegas plays the winner of Pittsburgh, Washington. No. Uh, no, Nashville, they Winnipeg. play mm-hmm. Nashville, Winnipeg. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Dane, who do you yeah, think that'll be? Who do you think would be a better matchup for Vegas, Nashville or Winnipeg? Um. I don't know, man. I think they're both a pretty damn good matchup for him, to be honest with you. Um, I think I think Winnipeg maybe just because I feel like they're maybe a little bit more aggressive, I guess you could say. Um, I think they're both I think I think they're both a great matchup. I think I think both Winnipeg and Nashville are really good teams. So but I would like to see Winnipeg versus Vegas more than I'd like to see Vegas versus Nashville. You see, I think Vegas stacks up actually against Nashville better than they do Winnipeg. Oh, and I'm going to say okay. that because Winnipeg's top end skill players, Shifley and, and those guys, uh, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on their captain's name. Um, anywho, uh, Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, they're playing some good hockey and they're they're getting some contributions from everybody else. And big buff is big buff. Uh, He's the man. I think and they're a big physical team that has tons of skill and has surprising speed. I think their size and physicality though might be a difference maker in that series against uh against uh Vegas. Whereas I yeah. think Vegas can do what the Predators have done the last two playoff runs, which is just, you know, speed and skill and like pretty grit, pretty gritty, but locked down on D, uh, timely scoring. I think Vegas can out Nashville at Nashville's game, but I think Winnipeg poses like a whole separate new challenge with the way that their skill players are playing. And mm-hmm. the size that they have, and the way that they can thump. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Agreed. I I'm kind of pulling for that series, even though I picked Nashville. But we'll see. We'll find Time out tonight. Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. We will find out tonight. We shall. Well, or maybe we won't find out tonight. Actually, we might yeah. find out yeah. in two days. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Um, Blake Wheeler was the uh, captain of the Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, Jets that you were thinking of. If you were listening a little closer, you would have heard me get to yeah. that. Oh, I was too busy. Yeah, you would have heard it. it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, great. Well, fucking nighty night to the Sharks. Vegas rolls on. Tampa Bay rolls on. I'm, I, you know, I like both those teams moving forward, and I'm excited for the next series. Yeah, I, I you know, in hockey, it's the best teams come out of it and so we got some great teams moving on and i'm excited for the upcoming series whatever they end up being hell yeah Me just too. to uh compliment that conversation i got to imagine you would think that tampa matches up better against the capitals that's a good question uh yeah i mean i I just think Tampa matches up well against either one of these teams because of the way that tampa's playing defense and I just haven't seen the same level of defense uh, out of this Pittsburgh-Washington series that you have, that at least that uh, that Tampa had been showing 
again, Tampa did it against Boston, who had been lighting people up. Yeah, they gave up seven goals in the first game, but that was a fluke game. You know, after you get down a certain amount, you just mail it in, save your energy for the next game. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just really think Tampa stacks up well in the East, but we will see. Hockey always seems to like to throw a little curveball around this time of the year. A little curve oh puck. Yeah. yeah. Curve puck. That'd be cool if you could like shoot a curve puck. <laughs> just like in wanted, but you know, do it with uh do it with a puck that would be kind of dope. Yeah, he just ripped a ninety five mile an hour curve puck into the <laughs> top corner. It. That's like have you seen uh those guys on Instagram, the cart barn guys? No, who are uh, they? No. There it's a golf Instagram account. Um I think one of them is either professional or working his way, trying to wake, work his way onto the professional tour. But they hit these shots that are like the craziest, have the craziest flight pass of anything I've ever seen in my life. Are they the ones that hit those super low stingers? Yeah, but then they like rise up 30 yeah. feet and bend hard to the left and shit. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> that shit is sweet. It's dope. Um, all right. It has been a still a quiet time in the MMA world. We're finally getting back to the UFC schedule this upcoming weekend with UFC 224. We're going to preview that on Thursday. Um, but there has been a little bit of fight news that came out. One thing I wanted to bring up here, um, Israel Adesanya just got booked against Brad Tavares uh, for the Tough 27 headliner in July. This is Israel Adesanya's uh, third fight in the UFC. Um, he does have an extensive fighting career. Uh, he fought kickboxing and Muay Thai for a long time, but still in his last fight versus Marvin Vittori, it was a split decision win. He clearly has a pretty big gap in his wrestling. Um, this is a guy that promotionally is great. He's got, he's great on the mic, has a lot of marketing potential. Um, but Brad Tavares is a huge step up in competition for him. And they're throwing him into this headliner spot. Personally, I think it's a little too early for this much shine and that level in competition. Um, do you guys know this guy? I feel like you've seen him fight before. Uh, he's getting a lot of comparisons to John Jones for a little while. Um, Israel Adesanya? Yeah. Dane, you know this guy? Let me take a look at this guy. Let yeah. me take a look at this guy. Yeah, this guy. is the guy. This is the guy that. Um, he kind of looks like John Jones. He has like the, the, the yeah. badass tattoo on his on his chest. Yes, yeah, about, the like broken. The, uh, yeah, exactly. The broken native yes, tattoo. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's dope. He's like awesome. It. You know, honestly, I think it's a great move. You do. I do, and here's why: because because UFC is different nowadays. It's they're they're desperate for stars. We've talked about this plenty of times, and. Yes, Brad Tavares is definitely a step up, like you said. His competition's, you know, hasn't been fantastic since he started. Um, but I like this because, A, I think it's going to bring eyes to watch this event. I think it's going to, you know, get a lot of people to actually come see it, and I think it's going to have a lot more promotion stuff's going to go into it than normal. Um, it, yes, it might be a little fast, but the UFC nowadays has kind of made it pretty clear they don't really care about um, – who deserves to fight who? It's more about, okay, what's the biggest money fight that we can possibly do? And, you know, because they just, they just had, like, a, what, $2 billion investment or whatever? They're trying to get their money back. 
Um, and I think that this guy could be, I mean, if he wins, you know, it's a big win-win for him. Like, if he wins, obviously, you know, he's in the spotlight. He's got a lot of people. He's got a lot of promotion. He's going to get another big fight. If he loses, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is the best person I've ever fought in my career. Like, that I've never lost. So if I lose to somebody, then, you know, why not be somebody a lot better than me type thing? You know, like, you know, you got to, you got to, what is it? You got to fight the big dogs at some point. So I think it's a good move, personally. My question is, is this the most money that they can get out of this guy this year? Because let's say he does lose. Let's say he loses ugly. I'm not saying he will or I think he will or anything like that. But, you know, if he gets shown that he isn't really up to snuff with what everybody else has going on, there goes your marketing potential for the rest of the year, and he's going to have to then work his way up in order to become a star. Why not give him a couple more fights to really, like, and, you know, let him promote himself, get his personality out there so that later in the year, maybe, you know, come November or something like that, December, you throw him on something that is a headliner fight that can draw more money. Because like you said, the UFC loves money, just like every other you know, sporting league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the UFC is definitely... Go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, the UFC has definitely kind of made it a trend where they... I've noticed l- lately they've been they've been promoting stars a little too quick. Like Francis Ngannou was one of those guys um, where they just, you know, they thought that this guy was going to be the next killer king, and all of a sudden, like, it kind of showed up that he's definitely not. Um, I hope that doesn't happen with this guy, but, you know, it's very possible. Um, but, I, I mean... You know, I, the guy's fun to watch. He's entertaining, so I like it because you know he he brings a he he'll bring a lot of people to watch this fight. I think so. Dane's I, I just like it. Instant gratification. I like this guy, and I want to see him now. I do. He's a good fighter. I like him. Sue okay. me. <laughs> I couldn't disagree with everything you just said more. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Um, no, I I agree. Look, Here comes totally Evan driving the bus. <laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percent right. That obviously the UFCs, they try and build stars as quickly as possible. I would say with the Francis Ngannou situation, because of the thinness of the heavyweight division, and I'm not talking about their actual physicality. Because um, the <laughs> lack of weight in the <laughs> largest division. But Francis Ngannou, yeah, he had a pretty meteoric rise, but he was 100% the most deserving person of that CBA Miocic uh, heavyweight title fight. This is has a lot more remnants to me of a Sage Northcutt or a Paige Van Zant, where you have a guy that's extremely marketable, um, an awesome fighting style. And but look at how it's worked out for guys like Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zant. Who the hell is Sage Northcutt? Yeah, exactly. It it's, looks like yeah. it, it sounds like something that's on a <laughs> menu at a steakhouse. I'll take the eight ounce north cut, please. Oh well, I'll take yeah. the <laughs> I'll take the bone in sage north cut. I'm just saying these are yeah. guys that they could have built up. Have them fight a bunch of cans. Have them build their record eight and zero in the UFC so that people actually care about watching them fight. If if Israel Adesanya, first of all, Brad Tavares. If I get your argument, if they wanted to pair him up against a top three middleweight, maybe you know, if they had Israel Adesanya against. Michael Bisping in his retirement fight, something like that, where that way, Michael Bisping is a former champ. That's a guy who, if you lose to, there's no shame in losing to. 
Brad Tavares does not have a big enough following to be a guy that if you lose to, you can say, oh, well, he was at championship caliber level or something, so it's not that bad of a loss. Not many people Uh know who Brad Tavares is. If you lose to Brad Tavares in the major public eyes, no offense to Brad Tavares, but you're losing to a nobody, really. Um, and that sucks. I look. I've been a Brad Tavares fan since his fight with Robert Whitaker. He's I, he's fucking awesome. I love watching him fight. But he doesn't have a million followers on Instagram. He's not a guy that's normally headlining fights. You know why? Why and and tough twenty seven. Look, if they wanted to throw this fight on UFC two twenty six as uh, the main card opener, sure, that's going to get a ton of eyes. I don't think with these either of these guys have the star power to bring that much attention to the Tough 27 headliner. A lot of times the Tough 27, you know, a lot of times they do that in that like two or three fight weekend in a row um, where it's right be- before the big July pay-per-view. They have th- Those fights consistently have horrible ratings. So I feel like why throw them to the Wolves? You should give him a couple more cans. Let him bu- let him build up his record to six and zero, seven and zero in the UFC. Let him display his talent, build him a highlight reel before throwing him to these wolves that are extremely dangerous for him, and then potentially ruining any star potential that he could have. You know, for the for future investments, it's all of their marketing is so short sighted. Because because of the, because you're right because they did get bought out for four billion dollars. And mm-hmm. they're trying to make it back as fast as possible. But but neither of these guys have that star power yet. Th- this isn't going to be a big payday for the UFC. No. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to make Conor McGregor numbers or, hell, even uh, the next UFC, UFC 20, 224 numbers. But all I'm saying is that, like, so, so you know, and these fighters, too, like, we've, we've talked about this at the same time as, too, where, you know, like, these guys want to fight tougher people. Like, they don't want to, you know, kind of, like, step up you know each person like oh i'm gonna fight eight then we're fight nine i'm gonna fight you know whatever they want to like kind of step up and prove that they're worth so if this guy does win like that'll just do nothing more but help him you know what i'm saying absolutely like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a risk it's a huge risk on both the ufc and their part but i mean like you got to risk it to get the biscuit at some point my friend like might as well try it i couldn't agree I more it. and that's why every single fighter on the ufc roster no matter if they're unranked or not if you ask them to fight the champion of their division tomorrow, they would 100% do it. Because you don't get into the yeah. UFC without believing that you can be the best in the world. But that's yeah. why it's not up to the fighter to choose their fights. It's their management. It's the fight makers in the UFC. It's, um, yeah, fuck, I can't remember Sean Shelby's replacement right now. But um, uh-huh. it, this is where Israel Adesanya is. I mean, look, I guess if you get the chance to headline, you're not going to turn that down. But I just think it's a horrible matchmaking decision on the UFC and a horrible placement for this fight. I mean, what are you even headlining? Tough 27? What the fuck is that? Yeah, the ultimate fighter finale, which who's had, you know, that show might be on its, I hope it's on its last legs because it's, as much as I enjoy watching it, their viewership is abysmal wait that show's still on? Yeah. That's what tough stands for? Yeah. That's what tough I thought, is, I thought yeah. it was like tough, like. These are tough guys fighting each other. Yeah. That's nope, what I that's thought. What it is. Nope, that's not what it is, Chuck. It's the ultimate fighter. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. so you what know, is he even is risking? It is. And it, 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 there's no biscuit at the end of this one. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the risk is not worth the bisque. Ooh. That's fair. But I don't blame Israel Adesanya for one second. 100%, if you get this fight offered to you, you're going to take it. I just think it's I just think it's horrible placement by the UFC. So, Evan, I've got a question. That's fair. How is Israel's ground game? Not good. Brad looks like he might have a ground game just from yes. looking at a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. Brad Tavares is a very complete fighter. He's got... 100% knockout power, and he's got many submission wins. Uh, he's got good wrestling. He's not, like, an expert in anything, but, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Robert Whitaker. Um, you know, I, I think he Once lost by a split decision. Yeah, uh, who's the champion of that division. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's also, like, you could see clearly in Israel Adesanya's last fight, he he has room to improve on his ground game. Um, why not let him develop that a little bit or set him up with a couple strikers while he's working on his ground game and let him show off, build a highlight reel. Israel Adesanya, if you were to make a daddy long legs into a human (laughs) that's like really angry, that's what he looks like. Brad Tavares, who knows? Maybe he's just like a really thick cockroach or something that you, you can't quite put out. Now, if I'm Brad... Tavares, Brad, just I hope you're listening. This is where we craft up your uh, your, your strategy for this fight. What you're going to do is you're going to come in one pound overweight. No one's going to care because it's the UFC. And then what you're going to do, ground game, ground and pound. Just take them to the ground and ride them. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Good game you'll... plan, Chuck. Then and... you're going to win. And probably get another headlining spot out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there were some fights this weekend. Did it, I'm guessing it's a bad chance that many of our listeners tuned into LFA 39. Um, I did catch a lot of the highlights. But did any of you guys see Jerome Rivera uh, break his elbow while he was backing into the cage in his fight against Brandon Royval? Like before I the fight? Not. No, so in the middle of the fight, he was backing up. <laughs> I'm going to walk into the cage backwards. People are going to love it. Snaps elbow. Be like a Tony Finau celebration. Um, no, he was like, you, you know, he was getting hit and was moving backwards. And it's kind of tough to tell exactly what happens. But then he, you can tell he gets visibly, something goes wrong. He turns around to kind of run away and protect himself. You can tell he's he's done fighting. And his the bottom half of his right oh. arm is flopping in the breeze like a fucking daisy. It is so gross. I don't know if you guys remember when Anderson Silva broke oh, his shin against yeah, I just Chris Weidman. This is the grossest thing I've seen since then. Oh, oh that was ew, dude that's joe theisman like that's that's disgusting i don't want to oh, watch why'd you it put that on there i did not want to see that oh yeah i just wanted to bring it up in case we have any sick fuck listeners that are super into seeing the most gruesome things that can happen in a fight but it is it's oh. like it's like in harry potter when he falls off his broom and then that idiot from the second book lockhart <laughs> like instead oh, of mending yeah. his bones gets rid of all of them yeah. and he can just bend his and arm just, back and forth it's exactly yeah, what exactly. it looks like. See, this just <laughs> peels back so many <laughs> mental wounds that I've suppressed over such over like the last five or six years. The last time I w- arm wrestled somebody, 
I was, that was in my professional life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm arm wrestling anybody at like 24 or 25 years old, however old I was. But we're arm wrestling. We're like stalemate. I start to bend him back. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> snaps Ooh. his arm. Oh, I snapped his arm and it was so gross. I, it was like doing the most manly thing ever. You know, you're arm wrestling. You're bending him over. And I went all the way from the man spectrum into the woman spectrum and oh. let out a blood-curdling, high-pitched scream. You would have thought I was Fuck Yadier Molina. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Disgusting. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to watch any bit of that. No. Um. But yeah, those, I don't know. Those are just two interesting things I found over the weekend. Um. On Thursday, we're gonna do we're gonna talk a little bit about the rankings and how they're used in the UFC, um, and we'll also give a nice lengthy preview of UFC 224. It's been a rough, rough two weeks, three weeks for me without any UFC fights, so I'm excited to get back to those. But it's okay; you can have a tough week coming up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Good um, play on words there, Chuck. I like it. All right, guys, let's wrap up a little golf talk, little gentleman's talk here. Uh, this upcoming weekend is the Players' Championship, the fifth major. Um, one of my favorite tournaments that I would say. Um, and this has, year we got a guy on the inside. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I would say that this is the my favorite field in any tournament in golf, um, just because the way that they do it. But Dane, who's going to be there this weekend with Inside the Ropes press badges. Well, not press badges, but yeah. worker badges. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this tournament coming up? Um, I, I, I'm very excited for it for sure. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's always one of the toughest courses in the world. Um, there's a reason why, you know, players say that it's, that it's very, very, that it's one of the hardest courses to play on. Like, um, I was telling Chuck, I got a tour of it last week and dude, the course is a lot more narrow than it looks on TV. Like it's definitely a hitter's course. Um, there's a reason why nobody's really ever favored in this tournament. You know, it's always it's the reason why a lot of people aren't successful very often at this tournament because like the course is just so tough. Um, and I, I the field's obviously very very it, it's the hardest field in golf. Like more than more than any other major. Like this is one of the hardest. This and I believe the U.S. Open are the two hardest fields to qualify for. Yeah, there's um, no Smiley Kaufman in this. No, no, he's not in that. No, 17 um, yeah. over Smiley Kaufman. Oh, God, I know. I, I'm starting to feel bad for no, that No, just another guy hanging out guy. with the boys on a weekend, it's, Smiley Kaufman. I know. His Natty Light sponsorship is taking him off the deep end for sure. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be inside. I'm going to be close to the players. I'm going to be like... You know, talk to doing what the media stuff, and it's gonna be pretty dope. I'm pretty excited to be. Natty there. Light says to Smiley Kaufman, "You make our beer look like shit." No, <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> I know. What are your guys' thoughts on the tournament? Mainly you, you man. Um, what's your question? Just what do you What are your thoughts on the tournament? I love this tournament, man. It's a uh, super fun one to watch. I love the field in it. Um, I feel like it's one that. You know, I, it's probably the most prestigious tournament. Maybe maybe a factor in the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. Um, but it has such a major feel to it. Um, oh, yeah. Tiger's going to be playing this year. I mean, these pairings on Thursday and Friday are insane. 
Um, so it was announced yesterday that Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Ricky Fowler are playing together. Hell yeah. And then Crazy. the last three consecutive winners of the FedEx Cup, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas are also playing together. Get in the bunker! <laughs> Dude, yeah, those those pairings are absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, I think the last time the Tiger and Phil played with each other was the, was the 2014 championship at Valhalla. Um, PGA Championship, sorry, and dude, uh, the, the buzz around this tower right now with that four, with that threesome, you know, in the air is just it's it's crazy, man. Like people are already excited. People are you know, they're getting down there. They're like traffic is already pretty bad getting to the course and all that stuff. Um, like everybody's gonna be watching Tiger, Phil, and Ricky. Some people are gonna be watching Rory, Jordan, and Justin, but. Even if you don't watch those guys, you know, you have so many people to follow. You have, like, Hendrick Stenson, you got Justin Rose, you got Jason Day coming off a win. You got all these studs just coming out there. No Smiley this week, like Chuck said. So Thank God. Um, dude, Hideki's playing, you know, just it's an all-star field. And it's on one of the toughest courses in golf. And the weather's supposed to be pretty nice, supposed to be pretty hot next weekend. But, um, I mean, this weekend. But, yeah, dude, it's going to be um, – I cannot wait for this tournament. Yeah. Uh, I just don't get why the PGA Tour doesn't do this more often, where you get your power groupings like this, because this is sweet. We're talking about it. Mm -hmm. We're excited. Like, oh, yeah. Because we don't know anything about these most of these players. You know, when you throw Ricky Fowler with a couple random hacks that we don't know of, like... Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. Ricky's on the chorus. Yeah, he's on the chorus yeah, every yeah. weekend. Uh, yeah. So is See, Phil, and so is Tiger. I mean, like. I mean, they can do this they more can often. Do these pairings for this. They can do these pairings for this tournament because because of how many people, how many big names play in this tournament. You know, so like that's the reason why they can do it for these and the majors because of how many big players are playing in them. Um. So, but yeah, it's gonna be dude. It's gonna be amazing. Like, yeah. When, we 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 had a when the when the pairings came out we got an email throughout like the whole you know company and they're like uh, alert crowds are going to be higher due to Tiger Woods and Phil playing with each other like perfect <laughs> so I mean I like, feel yeah, like allow an extra thirty minutes to get to work and like shit like that so I feel like you can't do these these kinds of pairings on every tournament because no then I mean you literally have no mark it'd be like putting no marketing into the rest of the field. Um, and if you're trying yeah. to, which is exactly what they already do. I know, but like you at least have to have guys out there getting some sort of shine so that we care when somebody that's not a top five player in the world wins. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they do enough of it, but I get why they don't do it. You know, because when you have lower viewership tournaments, right? The shell Houston open. Um, yeah. Not as many people invested. Maybe at least you get some name brand recognition and then you catch a couple other guys that are playing with big name players. This is already going to have a ton of viewership no matter what. So why not stick these guys together? Could not agree with you more, Evan. I mean, then if you're going to spread all the top dogs out, at least give us some reason why we should care about the other people. Like, Give us some interesting information about these other hacks that they normally pair him up with on any given week then like i want to mm -hmm. know how many bush lights they can crush more than smiley kaufman or uh, <laughs> i don't know like 
anything about them, really, because we don't know anything about them. Like I've said, ad nauseum. Yeah, <sighs> started to beat this topic to yeah. death a little bit, but I agree. Um, let's go through it. We got, uh, we'll just go through the top 10 here. The number one ranked coming into this tournament um, is Jason Day. He's coming off of his win last year. That's his second, or uh, last weekend. That's his, uh, at the Wells Fargo Championship, his second win of the year. Um, big win. Yeah, big win. Great for Jason Day. I feel like Jason Day is kind of getting forgotten about. Um, he had kind of a rough year last year. Um, but before that, he had a great 2000, what was it, 2016. Didn't didn't he have like he migraine? Major? Didn't he have like migraine issues last year or something vertigo. like that? Vertigo. Yeah, vertigo. You have vertigo. Got to imagine, uh, you know, having vertigo, like having your balance thrown off, would maybe throw it's off up. your golf game. It put potentially, potentially. But I don't know. I never get vertigo. All right, and then in descending order, number two, Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, Henrik Stenson, Zach Johnson, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Justin Rose, and squeaking his way into that top ten ranking is Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter, who, according to Dane, is my boy. Um, <laughs> Dustin Johnson, my boy, you're at 12th, buddy. Come on. What do you guys think? You got a pick for this tournament? Chuck, you go first. Okay. Okay, it's gonna be somebody from the top 20. Let's let's go there, and then let's narrow it down a little bit to um in pictures rocket science not bro. anyone wearing pastel colors so that narrows that down to ooh how about Dustin Johnson like i always <laughs> pick what a surprise <laughs> had yeah, you guys going like there that. for a while I saw that coming yeah. e man who you got this is a tournament that is it's not for the long hitter, right? It's not for no, just the master no. of the short game. It's the guys that can put it all together. And I think one guy that is doing that right on time for this tournament, I think he gets his first PGA Tour win. I'm taking the finger-snapping king of the first round, Chesson Hadley, to get his first PGA Tour win at the Players' Championship this year. With the with the wild shot. Coming out of the <laughs> woodwork. Cow. Hey, Coming he's got, hot. what, eight top 20 finishes in his first eight starts here. He's got, including four top 10s, I think that's what the ranking said. Um, Something like that, yeah. That's good. Oh, good five straight top buddy. 20s, yeah. uh, two in the top 10. Um, he's just been playing really well. He played well uh, down in New Orleans. I think his iron striking is great. He's not somebody that necessarily has a lot of distance, but I feel like mentally he's ready to win a tournament, and I'm hoping that'll pull through this weekend. I like it, man. I know, hey, you're sticking to your top dog. I like it. Um, but let's hear the guy with the I'll insider info. Come on, you're I there. I will tell you who I am not. I will tell you who I am not picking. I am not picking Jordan Spieth because he is he has missed the cut on this course the last two times he's played it. So I am not picking him. Um, I'm gonna go with the smooth swinging Englishman and Justin Rose. Oh, wow. I thought you were gonna say Ian Poulter. My pick to win the no, Masters. Hell no. Um, no. I'm going Justin, Justin Rose. I like Rose. that pick. Yeah, he's been doing well. You know, he's you know he's he's obviously like he's very good at. He's not the longest hitter in the world, but he's accurate and he's uh his putting has been coming along, which is huge at this course. Um, and you know he he kind of 
he's very good at course management. And I think that's very, very important at this course for sure. So um, I'm going with uh, Justin Rose. Our listeners are going to flick on the TV and be like, oh, is that is, is that Evan in the lead? <laughs> good Somebody point. needs to buy yeah, me a Evan, pair of white your, sunglasses. That's your doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, it's going to be dope. I um, cannot wait for it. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'll be inside the ropes, so I'm, I cannot wait to watch this tournament. So Nice. Well, well that's, that's, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to us. Make sure to hit subscribe on that whatever beautiful app you're listening to us on, Google Play, iTunes. Give us some ratings, some reviews. And uh, also reach out to us on social media. Like I said, I'm at Stay at Home Chuck. What are you guys again? Just follow us on Instagram at Stay at Home Fans. It's the most important one. Uh, let's get that following built up. Especially for this weekend. Dane's going to be posting a lot of live stuff from the Players' Championship uh, as much as he can when he's not actually working. He's um, going to be in the locker room. Fact. I hope. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm Sneak your way in. <laughs> I would be, I'm going to be washing their jockeys. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, baby steps. Got to start somewhere. Baby steps. But yeah, I'll be. I'll definitely be posting some photos on uh, Instagram Live and all that fun stuff. So, um, so in some videos, I'll be showing. I'll be on seventeen a couple times. So, I'll be posting some live stuff for you guys. Got to steal someone's gym socks or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I could do that. Nice. All right. Well, that does it. Later. See Thanks ya. for listening, guys. How do you have a half effect? My buddy Andrew made it.